Hashtag SAFMBTH. 14 minutes now before 4 o'clock. In conversation next with Nkosana Mvundela, who is the president of the Black Lawyers Association. So President Cyril Ramaphosa has nominated Deputy Chief Justice Mandisa Maya as South Africa's next Chief Justice. The position of a Chief Justice will become vacant on the 31st of August this year when Justice Raymond Zondo's term of office comes to an end. And Nkosana is now joining us on on the line. Nkosana, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. What do you make of this nomination? And of course, um, if Justice Maya does become the first Chief Justice, if Justice Maya, sorry, does become the Chief Justice of the country, should be the first woman Chief Justice at that. Good afternoon, Adrian, and good afternoon to all the listeners of SAFM. Um, the BLA is elated at the thought of um, the, the the decision by the President to nominate um uh, Deputy Chief Justice Maya, you would recall very well that uh, last year at the point of her appointment as the DCJ, we put out a statement welcoming the progressive move in this country of recognizing the fact that um, Justice Maya is capable, is able, and has shown all the capability and leadership at the SCA as the president of the SCA. And that was a welcome move then, and it's still the best move now that this country is going to have the first Chief Justice being female, being this capable, and all the judges of South Africa would be better led as we continue seeing the better leadership of the judiciary out of the appointments that we see out of our JPs and um, CJ and the presidents that ultimately get appointed. It's certainly historic also in the sense um, that uh, Justice Maya was once again um, the first president of the Supreme Court of Appeal. And um, if I'm correct, and I'd love you to correct me if I'm wrong here, Nkosana, that would mean um, that uh, Justice Maya is the first person ever to have held the position of the judge uh, of the president of the Supreme Court of Appeal and also the title of Chief Justice of the country. She's a person of first, thank you. So it's a, it, it's quite a great uh, resemblance of of her leadership quality and style, because as you observe correctly, that she would, uh, she was the the president of the SCA, which in the past was actually the apex court in South Africa, and now she's going to be the chief justice in the apex court now in terms of the constitutional dispensation now. It tells you of the of the caliber of the person she is, and the the quality she brings to that uh, seat of leadership. So, we we are all out as Black Lawyers uh, Association, and all the other supporters of of uh, and the members of of the legal profession. Where I believe we would have all the necessary confidence to support her throughout her role in that uh, in that seat. And then again, also, Ngosana, the president, of course, uh, during the appointment of the process leading up to the appointment of Justice um, Zondos, the chief justice of the country, is that there was a very public uh, process. Uh, there were the interviews that were taking place as well. And then the recommendation uh, that came from the JSC that it must be Justice Meyer who is appointed. Um, what do you make of the decision of the president this time around not to go the public route anymore of having um, interviews as we saw with the appointment of Justice Zondo, and of course, it is the president's prerogative. I I I want to take it from a point that perhaps it's lessons learned. 
it's been hardly a year since uh, we we saw her on the on the interview seat. I don't think that the members of the public had forgotten how well she fared, and I don't think that the legal profession would have forgotten that we were dealing with a, a person who was holding such a senior position at the SCA, which, as I've already intimated, was the apex court then in South Africa before 1994. So you would understand that this person has been in, a, in such a big position of leadership, such that the interviews was more to say to the public, this is the person that you want to, well, that, that has the capacity to lead you. Therefore, I want you to be able to observe her from for yourselves. It not be only my decision. But my point is that, in my view, um, and, and, and I believe that this view could be shared by many lawyers, uh, the fact that the interviews are not that long ago, we, we did not forget, and it may really not be necessary to put her through the grueling path. And perhaps, as, as it would have happened, a lot of us suspected that perhaps, um, as uh, Chief Justice Raymond Zondo was uh, appointed then, it became a little obvious in our view as we, we assessed the situation that perhaps it was more a question of um, moving her into the constitutional court under the tutelage of somebody who was there before her, and then her then fitting in into the role, having observed and or worked with other people who were there before her. I think it was more a handover process more than anything. More of a handover process, and some may even say it was quite predictable that she could become the next um, Chief Justice of the country. But but with that said also is that um, her her tenure would start on the 1st of September, um, a day after Justice Zonda's term comes comes to an end. But that will also be the day or days after the elections have taken place. Um, and if if anything happens that we have a different uh, president um, and that different president then comes to a determination that he wants to change the chief justice uh, or he wants to come up or they would want to come up with a different um, candidate for that position, what would your take be? And I know I'm speaking here hypothetically, but what would your take be? I think I, I understand that uh, different uh, um, um, government different decisions mm-hmm. and different um, expectations and or uh, uh, um, preferences. But South African society has become so 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 um, connected to the processes such that we we I haven't seen government interfere willy nilly in in decision making processes of other institutions, particularly government institutions. A, 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 a CJ is not a a a, a DG uh, uh, Yeah, it it can be so easy for somebody just to wake up tomorrow and say, I, I wouldn't like a, a CJ Maya. Therefore, I want to reopen the process. Parliament is there to actually guard against those kind of processes. The society of South Africa is uh, so informed about its rights and how mm. this constitution is being implemented such that I doubt that uh, even if it were to be a different president, such a person would worry about the person at the helm. You know, the the interesting thing about South African Constitution is that it gives power to the the Constitutional Court to take decisions, not to the CJ to be a a sole decision maker. So to the extent that we are uh, governed by the rule of law, not the rule by law, 
that, then we are safe in the sense that if at all there is to be any decision by a, a president of such a process, um, mm. it, it is easy for, 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 for certain NGOs and, and members of society to probably even litigate against it. But I so much doubt yeah. that such a scenario would play out. And still speaking about the Constitutional Court, um, do you think that the advisory role um, decision by the CJ or by the Constitutional Court should go through a public process at all, considering your objection um, to Justice Zek Yacoub being appointed on an advisory basis, as the Chief Justice has explained? Let let me put context to that that, uh, that, uh, answer, Adrian. Our, our media statement specifically says that we wouldn't support any process that suggests that retired justices must come in to advise. I mean, we're talking about men and women of such magnitude and capability that they are appointed to the Constitutional Court on merit. Therefore, it cannot be correct that those that are retired must come and advise them about cases that they have to take. In our understanding, the entire process of um, acting uh, as things and so forth is on its own a skills transfer kind of process. Therefore, to the extent that we would have expected that this advisory role, to the extent that it includes these judges advising on matters that may include even certain appeals, if there are matters that are, that are, are, are there uh, uh, on, on appeal and the decision whether the matters should proceed or not, we still view it purely as a judicial process because once that decision is made, what then happens with the judges who have to go and preside over that matter? What happens if they are actually of a contrary view? We cannot be creating a scenario in mm. which other people will take decisions at the back office and then some other people have to implement it to the fore, in the front. And and for us, that is interfering with that judicial independence. Yep. And I'm sure you'd recall that that's what our statement speaks yep. to. To say we, we do not doubt the the, 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 the honesty of those uh, retired judges. But the whole point is that there is a good reason why we are saying they have reached a point of retirement. But lastly, on this point, you'd also recall that the Constitution provides for a 12-year tenure that extent. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are to appoint them to come and do anything there, unless to participate in a patent matter, if there was such a thing, you obviously are then uh, extending that term, either deliberately or inadvertently. So we, we think that, that that process, perhaps the, the, the CJ should rethink it and, um, and, and, and not carry it on because we believe that it, it, it doesn't come out right okay. in a constitutional democracy like ours. Thank you so much for your time. Nkosana Mvundlela is the president of the Black Lawyers Association.